All right, welcome into episode 70 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast, alongside Craig Morgan and the uh, <laughs> frantically waving Jamie Eisner, who we somehow let back in the studio. I'm Luke Lipinski. This is episode 70, which, as we just deemed off the air, is the Jonas Corposalo episode. Did we? Or as Jamie pointed out, it's 11 episodes away from the Marcel Hosa episode, which is really all you need to know about this episode. Uh, we're going to have Paul Bissonette coming up later on in the show to talk about the world. Stuff. <laughs> chocolate. No, no idea where this is going to go. It's going to start with chocolate and hockey. And we like it. And then from there, anything goes. So, we'll start, when it's just the three of us, with the St. Louis Blues, who have switched coaches from their head coach to their coach that was waiting to take over for their head coach all year long. And, oh, look, he did! Mm-hmm. So Mike Yo is the head coach of the St. Louis Blues, and that weird situation didn't work out all that well after all. And it got even weirder when Ken Hitchcock, who was supposed to be retiring after the season, said, actually, I want to coach some more. Whoops. <laughs> I, just, I mean, you get why they made a change. St. Louis is underachieving dramatically this season. I can't believe that they might miss the playoffs, especially since I kind of picked, picked them to win the Cup Western final, Conference. Yeah. We'll be able to forget that in a couple more podcasts. Uh, I doubt it. In fact, I'm going to highlight it more and more each podcast. And okay. here's, here's my first highlighting of it. They're one point away from 12th in the Western Conference. Okay. So, there you go. Closer and closer to that Eric Carlson wig. That's, oh, yeah, that's happening. Go wild. <laughs> Jamie hasn't said anything yet, so we don't really know if he's back. Well, uh, so uh, I haven't uh, officially oh, made my Why my were reading. you in Alabama, by the way? I was way. covering the Senior Bowl. Uh-huh, that's, okay. Yeah, that's the story that was I was telling. That was your work reason. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was my your work personal reason. reason. I, you know, no comment. Not, okay. not starting a new life in Alabama? No, not that I know. Well, you know, you know, you never know. You can never be too careful. Although I don't know if Alabama is far enough away. <laughs> I don't know if people go to Alabama to be careful either. I don't know. That's not necessarily <laughs> how that works. Why, why do people go to Alabama, Luke? I don't know. You're the one that went. That's a good point. I drove through it once. That's about it. Can I tell you about the hell on earth it took me to get there? It's, sure, why not? We're not talking about hockey or anything. No, no. Right? It's not, long story short, remember United had all those, like, computer stoppages that one day. Yeah. Of course, it was the night before I had to fly. <laughs> and uh, as you could imagine, there are not a lot of planes that go from anywhere just in the world that's ever existed to Mobile, Alabama. So hitting my connecting flight is vitally important. Yes. I did not make my connecting flight. <laughs> so Which failed. was where? Uh, in Houston. So Houston. I spent a good seven hours in the Houston airport to then have the luxury, Hobby. the luxury, the privilege to fly into Pensacola, Florida. And have somebody from Mobile driving at me. Whoa. Do you know somebody in Mobile? No, the person I was supposed to be going with that was flying from Sacramento, who did make his connecting flight. <laughs> <laughs> who was it that came to pick you up? Uh, my wife in Alabama. Okay. Yes, yeah, see, see, we had a working theory. Finally got it out. <laughs> yeah. Sebastian and finally I hammered out. out. Not only do you have a wife in Alabama, but her name is also Jamie. So she is just the it other can, It Jamie really Lester. confuses people. Yes. Oh, hey, Jamie. And we both it's actually a really good cover. Yeah. For mailing, all, all those sorts of things. It really is. It's, if she drove all the way to Pensacola Nobody to pick you up. Although she spells it a little bit differently. Yeah. Like, like McGinn. You she flips it. That. Yeah, exactly. But she's a keeper if she drove to Pensacola to pick you up. Can I just give you my ordeal driving over here? Okay. Trying to hold not only my Hey, coffee. by the way, the Starbucks tastes great. Yes. Yes. We are drinking Starbucks. You're welcome, gentlemen. If they would sponsor the show and deliver We're it, We're supporting be Starbucks. Well, damn right. It's out there. I'm kind of supporting it, except I had to hold all three of the drinks as I drove over here because there's nowhere to put the cup carrier. 
Which is fine. That seems like your problem, not their problem. Well, it became everybody's problem when the radio got stuck on Janet Jackson, and I drove in here listening to Janet Jackson holding three different coffee drinks with, like, one finger on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Back to hockey. What song was it? I don't know any Janet Jackson songs. <laughs> Craig? I know chime in? Okay. I know them all. <laughs> Just knowing the choreography doesn't mean you necessarily know all the songs. So the St. Louis Blues are now coached oh, yeah, by Hockey. And they... Uh, have, what, three and a half weeks to figure this out? If they're yeah. going to make a trade for a goalie, or they're going to trade Kevin Shattenkirk away, or if they're just... I mean, I know what they have currently is working so well, maybe they'll just stand pat. Yeah, I mean, for the few of you that had the uh, Kevin Shattenkirk outliving Ken Hitchcock in a St. Louis Blues uniform slash job, congratulations, I didn't see that coming. I think and, only Doug Armstrong had that. And, and, and Craig and I were talking about this before you came in, and, you know, when you were jamming out to Janet Jackson. Where is Hitchcock going to go? Seems like one of those things I should like, have said. What or, but what organization is going to? What is he up? A year, two max? Who's going to? Oh, who's going to bring him? Is he sixty-five? I'll, I'll take a look. But be ages. I mean, Bruce Arians is in town. But it's not ages. Oh, sorry, I he didn't. Far away from the microphone, didn't I, listeners? Yeah. Wow. Here, I'm Craig's turned heel on our listeners. Just attacking the uh, listeners. Who only, their is, only crime is they want to hear you when you speak. <laughs> Hitchcock is sixty-five, but it's not because of its, his age. It's because he said he wanted to retire already. Right. He did until. So what? After what, he got fired, what team is going to bring him in? Wait. Says, oh no, we know you're only going to be here for one season or two seasons. Who's going to bring him in in that case? Yeah, isn't the line from the song "You can't fire me because I quit"? Not "You can't fire me because I want to stay now longer than I had originally I, I, quit for." I mean, here, here's here's a scenario. All right, bring Ken Hitchcock in, and then bring in his replacement and have him be the assistant. They, they tried that in St. Louis. And it oh, yeah, they did try that. Yeah. So maybe Sorry, like the Islanders. Bad. Because Doug Waits winning every game. So I just saw a report from Craig Custance that the Islanders will not hire him. Yeah, yeah shocking. So Doug Waits hasn't lost yet. The yeah. only thing that kind of a big deal even right. makes a little sense, and even then it doesn't make much sense, is if a team on the playoff bubble fires a coach, says, ah, I don't, I don't see anybody that's my coach of the future. I'll take Hitchcock for the rest of this season. Like this year, you're talking. Yeah, but otherwise, what do you? I, I can't well, that'd see. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? So, like, hey, you want to come coach for thirty games? The only team that, I, but, so I, sure. but I can't see who else would who else would you bring in? Like Why a, would you like bring a, him in? A bubble team that that you're saying that should be doing better, so they'd have to rise, like St. Louis, Hypothet- maybe. <laughs> but hypothetically, what scenario makes sense when the coach already has a, a pretty well known expiration date? Dallas. Careful with that. I, I don't mean. I don't mean. He's, I don't mean he's gonna die. Well, well I mean, he could. But. What? But it is. It would be interesting. I'm ruling that out. To, but to like, but that's why Vegas doesn't make sense either. Sixty-five. Yeah, that's. I hear what you're saying. Even though Craig said it so meanly when he said, "Well, he's sixty-five. What could he possibly still offer?" No, I'm just from a, from an organizational standpoint. Yes. When you're looking at hiring someone, he, he fits a certain mold, right? What what opportunity is out there right now? What opportunity will be out there in the offseason where you would want to bring in a guy like Ken Hitchcock? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm too far away from the mic again, aren't I? Because <laughs> you were waving your arms. I, I move around. Craig so talks like a professional. That's that's how you talk. It is. You walk around and you We should just put a lapel mic slides. on Craig we, we, for these. See, shoot. I probably should have. I should. <laughs> and just make him do that. Um, but I hear what you're saying. It is. It would be a can little... Can I my PowerPoint now? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I... sure. They can see it. It's only a podcast. Um... It would be weird to hire a coach that would be what sixty six start of next year to start a process over. Like and again, bring it's, him in to be a. It's not finisher. even the age. It's you're bringing in a coach that up until he got fired was leaving. Wanted to retire. Craig is being attacked by his microphone because he wasn't. Clo- see, good thing he wasn't yeah, close enough. 
But what, what you, you're bringing in a coach who's already said, ah, I'm kind of done, and now feels like he wants to come back for revenge. I just feel like there's no way that's going to end well. <laughs> this just sounds like a comic book box revenge. <laughs> where would it be? Where would, this, where would we set this? Uh, Winnipeg? Winnipeg looks like a good place for revenge. <laughs> oh. That's another fringe team. I don't know. I, I, don't worry, the Canucks might hire him or something. We'll see. There's, <laughs> see? Now you might be onto something yeah. there. Especially for the stretch run. God, the Canucks are going to be buyers at the deadline, they're aren't not they? Rebuilding. Yeah, they are. They're aren't retooling. They? They're yeah, going to be well, buyers at the deadline, J- aren't they? Jamie hasn't got to weigh in on this yet. Yes, Jamie, oh. Vancouver is one point behind St. Louis right now. And uh, they probably feel pretty vindicated at this moment, just outside the playoff picture. Yeah, it'd be nice if they ever won a game on the road, like ever. That's When would that ever happen in the playoffs? Why would you ever need to do Why that? Why does that matter at the Western Conference? Yeah. That's fair. Fair point. You could not win a game on the road and still win the Western Conference. Who? Okay. Looking at this playoff picture right now, I, I think the uh, top three teams in the Pacific are pretty much set. Would we agree on that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Glad we got there. Well, I, was, I just, yeah, I, I don't. Trying to, oh, to sorry, take a drink. I think LA makes the playoffs. Starbucks I coffee. I thought you were starting to make a point, and you went like three syllables, and I almost choked. Okay. Yes, I think Edmonton and Anaheim would be a great first round series, and I think Edmonton would win it. I can see that happen. I, I could see So it. Minnesota and Chicago are in the central. Okay. Yep. Wait, you're willing to concede that Chicago is going to make the playoffs? They're going to make the playoffs, okay. yes. I never said they weren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> okay. Let's be clear here. I just said they weren't going to the cup finals. And, and you don't like their chances against Nashville in round one, apparently. <sighs> San Jose is probably my pick coming out of the West now. But no. Anyway. So that means they'll miss the playoffs. Back to my point. Oh, okay. I had a point. Okay. I'm trying to remember if I had a point. Can I drink my... Who do you like... Okay, assuming those five spots are locked down, who do you like coming out of the West? Who's, who's getting those other three spots? Uh, I think Nashville's finally starting to come around a bit. That, that were, they were such a terrible, terrible road team early on in the season, and they're starting to turn it around a little bit. I think they have too much talent, although they're not scoring a bunch. Like, go look through their score sheet. I'm just wondering where the scoring's coming from on that team. The guys that performed last year are not performing as well. Johansson leads the team in points, though, but it's like 38 or 39. Yeah, he doesn't have great. a ton of points. Uh, P.K. Subban hasn't scored a bunch, uh, which is going to be some weird justification for that the Weber trade, but we'll get into that later. I think L.A. is going to sneak in because at some point they're going to get quick back, and even if they don't, Budai has been good enough to get them in there. I, I don't think they're going to crack the top three, but I think they'll be a wild card team. Quick, quick skated today or something, too. I didn't see that, actually. Yeah, He's supposed I mean, to be back next month. We'll see. Yeah, it's still more. And then, again... Can he sustain it? Can he come back for multiple games and then still be out there? Let me see if I can find the report while Jamie. Yeah. But Lombardi did say just very recently that it's not until March that he's going to be playing games. I, so, but those I, I agree with you on I those guess two teams. My third Calgary, team, I guess. I think I think Dallas is going to come back and get in the playoffs here. It's Dallas, LA, and Nashville. You can yeah. you can put that in the bank because Carolyn's going to be editing my stuff later today. So I, I, I I'm that. not as big a believer in Dallas as you guys are. Well. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily a huge believer, but I think it's either Dallas or Winnipeg, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's just when I look at that last playoff spot in the West, I just there's nobody that impresses me. No faith in I mean, Calgary at all. It should be St. Louis. St. Louis should be in the playoffs. Well, yeah, but they're, they're not, I and I think they I sell now. I don't get it here. What's going on? What's but, it like? This is what happens. We, we say this every year. We talk about teams that are going to make the playoffs in a conference at the start of the year, and then we're like, but who's going to drop out? And we looked at the West at the start of this year, and we said, there's a lot of good teams that made the playoffs last year. Who's really going to drop out? And I think... You know, pretty safely we knew at least one or two new teams was going to make it. St. Louis is following the pattern for the team that drops out. You wouldn't expect it in a million years at the start of the season, and things just start to spiral out of control. Well, maybe we should have, because they didn't get better. 
they lost players on we, that team. We did talk they, about I that. I mean, they lost Troy Brower, who I don't think is a big David deal. Backus. David Backus was, was a big loss. I'm, I'm surprised that they're losing like this with Shattenkirk still on the yes, roster. Yes, that's the thing. I mean, when I look at their blue line, I can't figure this out. Yeah. No, we did talk about that in the uh, in the offseason. We, we did mention St. Louis. In fact, I'm going to have to go back and pull the audio because I feel like I may have said something intelligent, and I want to keep Ooh, that for posterity. Wow. Whoa, whoa, calm down. But, uh, no, we, we did discuss how St. Louis, of all the teams, was the only one that really probably took a step back yeah. in terms of clubs that were in the playoffs. Uh, are we not going to touch on the All-Star thing at all? Well, what about weekend? it? I don't know. Do you, you want to touch any it? Thoughts? Well, no, I really I just want to talk about the, uh, the top 100 because I did a little research today, Greg. Oh, oh boy. So. A little bit of knowledge is dangerous. Yeah. Here we go, okay? Fire away. Well, anything on the All-Star game or any of the festivities, anything before I jump in? Uh, Connor McDavid is really fast. He is. Mike Smith, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That By the way, that that's event. an unbelievably, incredibly difficult thing to do. To do it on one shot. To, I, I don't care if you gave me 100 shots. Yeah. I could sit there from now until the next podcast and I wouldn't make it. Although, as Dave Tippett pointed out yesterday when I was talking to him, he did have six shots at a completely open net a few minutes before that and right. missed all of well, them. He said that, too. Because <laughs> like, we, we, we kept asking him about it uh, the day after he, well, the day he got back. And he said, eventually, he just said, it was just luck, guys. <laughs> of course it is. Well, right. yeah. It's luck to put it in a tiny opening like that, but he's also the last NHL goalie to score a goal, so right. it's not luck that he's able to put it in that vicinity. Right. I mean, there's, there is something yeah. to that. There's other goalies that would have just... There's other players that wouldn't hit the net from that far away. Well, Shane Doan was on the area yesterday saying that he could do it. I don't believe it. <laughs> Probably not the season for him to say that. Also... Yeah, uh, Campbell pointed that out. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember when the Coyotes were giving away, like, six figures for fans to try to make that shot from half ice and then just, just went away? Half ice with and not with a big goalie catching glove on one of your hands while yeah. you're trying to shoot with a goalie stick. Well, they yeah. had to pay for the dad's trip this weekend, so... <laughs> <laughs> if anybody had hit that from center ice, it was—I think it was up to two hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, it kept—it kept going up until they just like said, "Ah, screw it." And then they started over, and they just went back to a thousand. Yeah. And the next year, like three people hit it. I don't, you know, whatever. I can't explain the world. Smart business. Could I get on to the uh, the, the top one? You sound here. like you really want to, so yeah. I'm going to try and move my microphone without destroying something. You won't need to be near the mic for this, Craig. Okay, I'm, we're just listening. No, I actually—I I specifically want Craig's input because he made some. So then he would, then he would the need day. to be near the mic. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Okay. So, six current players made the list. All right. I, actually, I, I've approached this the wrong way. I genu- genuinely just want your guys' thoughts on this. And I'm only talking about the current players. So, Yager, Crosby, Ovechkin, Taves, Keith, I think are all no-brainers of the, five, of the six that made it. Kane. Kane is the sixth. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't belong on the list, but I feel like if you put him on there, you open the door, and I texted this to you the other night, to a lot of other players. And my first thought was Joe Thornton. And, Craig, feel free to shoot it down the way you shot it down. Well, he hasn't won any Cubs. Okay. Points per game. Uh, Patrick Kane's averaging better than a point per game in his career. He's much younger, so he obviously doesn't have the accumulation of stats, but that will come with time. Now, you can, you can make an argument for Joe Thornton. Uh, I, he had a, a near-MVP season last season, but I think they're all and, – and whether this is fair or not, there have been a lot of seasons where people felt like Joe Thornton underperformed or didn't carry his team, wasn't the guy that people expected him to be when he came into the NHL. And uh, fa- fairly or unfairly for a forward, assists, assists are not viewed as favorably as goals. True and that. when you have such a massive disparity between those two stats, people are going to underrate you. Also, I don't think it's away in- from a thousand. Yeah. But I also don't think it's necessarily fair to compare that to the six players that made the list. Because well, ultimately you're dealing with a finite number of 100 and... 
you're you probably better off. Again, I didn't watch a lot of these players play, so I'm not the, the best person to say which player to kick off. But you're better to look at a guy like Thornton and say which player that made the list that's not one of the active players doesn't deserve to be there in place of Thornton versus saying, well, Patrick Kane doesn't because of Thornton. Yeah, no, that that's and that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying the the part that interested me the most was how many current players were going to be on this list. I didn't know if they were, if there was going to be a recency bias and we were going to have like 28 current players or if we weren't going to have enough. And to me, of the six that made it, if you're putting Kane on that list, you open the door to, okay, if Kane's on the list, Thornton should be on two, or the Sedins should be on two, or even Ryan Getzlaff should be on two. But here's, here's the, uh, the pair of players, and I, I genuinely want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Actually, there's three of them, okay? Anybody with me? Yeah. Are, are you talking? I'm looking for your messages from the other night. I, I know. <laughs> okay. I, I'm already waiting for Evgeny Malkin's yeah, name Gino. mentioned, so go ahead on that. Well, Stamkos is one of them. I don't know what you would do with Stop. him. Stop. Okay. Let's get to Malkin then. And yes. I have another one after that. By the way, Malkin's eventual Hall of Fame case is going to be unbelievably contentious when it shouldn't be. Okay, well, completely agree. Here, here's, I think it should be on the list. Here's yeah. the case for Malkin. Has a Hart Trophy, has a Conn Smythe Trophy, has two Stanley Cups, has 102 more points than Patrick Kane in 19 less games. And I think prior to, what, two years ago, it wouldn't even have been, nobody would have even... Yeah, no, Malkin... Malkin's no, in, nobody in, would have taken Kane over Malkin two years Malkin's ago. Malkin's an unbelievably great player. He should be on the list. And you think the Sedin should be on? Yeah, obviously. See, see, this, 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 You're not allowed to take one. Yeah, no, you have to cut, combine. Well, but they take up two spots, though. We can just give him one them. spot. Tell Henrik he was 100 and Daniel he was 101. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Talk to you in another 100 years. I will say Henrik has had more success away from Daniel than Daniel's had away from Henrik. See that? So he would get the slight edge. Um, I, I wasn't originally looking... No, f- I, I think because if, if you're... I wouldn't put Henrik above Thornton. If I want that style of player, Thornton, I think, was better. Okay. But it, it's, it's in the conversation. But then, see, the problem is I didn't see a lot of these players play from the 60s, 70s, 80s like Craig did. Uh, so so it, it's, it's, not fair, it's not necessarily fair for me to say this current player that I've watched their entire career is better than player I've never seen play. I just like, – I wasn't originally looking – my first thought wasn't necessarily Malkin because I wasn't sure if maybe I was just skewed from a Penguins perspective. My original thought was Thornton because he has so many points. But then the more I looked at it the other day – and after Vegkin made that whole point, which I think is a pretty valid point, you can't tell me only four of the 100 greatest players in NHL history are from Russia. There's been some pretty good players from Russia uh, in the league. But then you start to look at, at Malkin's numbers. Again, I'm not saying Kane shouldn't be on the list, but if you're taking a player that young, the only argument I've heard that makes sense is they were looking at this Blackhawks team as a dynasty, and so they sure. wanted a lot of representation. That makes sense to me. But again, Malkin, Malkin's averaging one point. 178 points per game. That's 14th all-time in the NHL. He's 14th He has honestly played 19 less games than Patrick Kane and has over 100 more points than Patrick Kane. Yeah. It's not like he doesn't have cups. He has a Hart Trophy and a Conn Smythe. Yeah. That one is the, the digger. I, the deeper I, I dig is ridiculous. Here's the other would one. Would you take off? Because you have to take someone off to put him on, right? Well, would you take Kane off or would you take – I threw some names at you. I, I, maybe you didn't see these guys, so – and I'm too far from the mic again. I also have a cold, so okay, well, wait, that's okay. affecting things, too, here. <laughs> I like that we're at a point where Craig just has to apologize every five minutes to the listeners. How about Jean Rattel? I looked, I looked at this list, and I was looking at some of the old-timers, and I looked at the panel, by the way. Did you see the panel that selected this? No. Was it Patrick Kane? It was a little too heavy on old-timers making decisions, I thought. Is, is that I, the issue? Should there be more than six current players? Is that maybe the issue? 
I do think that that's, that's part of it, yeah. Because I still have another one you guys aren't going to be able to argue me off of. But go ahead. Okay. We're not, no, we're not putting Pascal Dupuis on there. <sighs> All right, fine. Never mind. Then just move on. Okay. Go. Sorry, Bill Guerin. You just missed. No, it's not. I actually have two names that I, if, if you guys are, are willing to be go mature ahead. about this and give me action. I can't, no promises. Um, <laughs> Carey Price? That's yeah. with a question mark, but... I think you need more years, but I think he's definitely in that conversation. Okay. Just because go, it's, at that position, I feel like you have the ability to completely drop off for a number of years, and then we look at you completely differently. Right. And you and I looked at the list of goalies. It's a lot of good goalies. It's impressive. Is, is Price, is Price ahead of Lund, you know, Lundqvist? Well. That, that, that's, that's a conversation, too. I, I would is. probably actually lean Lundqvist at this point in their careers, but I know I would be laughed at by a lot of people. Which North of the border, most yeah. Most of them probably. have a French accent. Yeah, most of yeah. them do. But here's here's the other what, one. What would a French accent did laugh be like, Luke? I'm not going to get myself in any sort of trouble <laughs> trying to do an accent of a laugh. That just sounds like I'm setting myself up for disaster. Uh, here's the other one. Anze Kopitar. Hall of very good. Uh, yeah. Really good player. I, I don't – and maybe this is not necessarily fair, but I mean, he's put up decent numbers, but not elite okay. numbers. But again, if you're comparing him to Kane – couple more points. He's played more games, so the points per game isn't there. But, I mean, it's not like Kane has more points. He's right there. He's won two cups. He's in the Selkie running every year. Now, he's disappeared this year. But I think if you let Kane in, Malkin should be in for sure. And there's like three or four other guys that, are, that probably should be in too. I know, but the goal, goal's difference. Like, I, mean, I, I see what you're saying. Well, here's my thing on Kane. And I, I'm sure Craig knows this. And I'm sure Jamie knows it too. But I don't know how many people remember this because he had a great year last year. Prior to last year, he had hit 30 goals once in his entire career. Everybody just remembers last year. And when he hit 30, it was 30. And this year he's on pace for 26. He's not the goal scorer everybody thinks he is. He was last year. Now, no, granted, but... he seemed to be trying last year, whereas earlier in his career he maybe wasn't operating at the highest level that Patrick Kane could have been operating at. But Kopitar uh, has, has as many goals. Yeah. I, s- I mean, he's played longer. Yeah, I mean, to me it's... I mean, that's a tough argument because Kane doesn't do the All things, things. Uh, that Kopitar does. You know, center's a harder position. See, that's but, where I figured I was going to hit you guys. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's so tough, though, because I, I, don't, I don't think of Kopitar. And, again, that does, that's inherently biased in my mind versus what's actually out there. I don't think of Kopitar as, hey, hey I'm, I'm starting my – I have a choice of 100 guys I can start a team with ever. It's just, his name wouldn't even enter my mind. He only I mean, has that's 17 less goals, but he's played almost a – He's played nearly 100 more games. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of ver- ways you can look at this. And I've looked at them Patrick all Kane has uh, scored some big goals, too. He's had some big moments. Yeah, and maybe, maybe that's it, too. Like, he, as I'm sitting... Like as he won I'm, the first cup for Chicago. He as, did a 49-year drought. As like I'm thinking in my mind... Time. Well, I don't think Kane shouldn't be on the list. I just think that... No, but there's, there's a little... These other guys should there's be. A, again, who would you take off, then? That's, that's the thing. It's, uh, to answer your question as best I can, it would be a player that's not a current player. Yeah. It, it, it have to be. I'd take Jean Hotel off. I'd take Chris Pronger off this list. I was, to be honest, surprised to see him on there. Yeah. I don't consider him one of the greatest defensemen of all time. I don't. It's nice to see a couple Coyotes on the list. Though. That's Pronger, true. Yeah. Pronger, that's, that's it. Yeah. 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 So. Brett Hull. Like, uh, not current Coyote, though. Yeah, like not active. Like <laughs> active Coyotes. Right. Trade me. By the way, I, I wish that the NHL was more fun and let the Coyote. I'm assuming, let the Coyotes like sell Datsuk and Pronger merchandise, because I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> and I assume the only reason they're not is because they were told they're not. I don't know that for a fact. No, but I just don't. I mean, you can go in there and get one 
custom made. Well, yeah, but there's a difference between custom made versus what's on the rack. That would be. It would be pretty cool, I think. Wouldn't it be funny if that took 13? so down with that. Pronger 20? Why, why not? But do you think there'd be enough of a demand to have a bunch of I think people would buy it just because it's hilarious. Wouldn't you? I think people around the country would have said, hey, you know what, this is, as a joke, that'd be hilarious. Definitely the dad's What's the, to like the top How many t-shirts jerseys? do they actually sell? Let's I, come on I now. Know, this is, def- definitely Datsuk would sell a lot better than Pronger. I, I'm actually kind of with you. I, I know people that would buy the Datsuk. They would buy it just, just for the hell of it. Okay. I'm done with my little rants that okay. really had no specific points. But I just I found it interesting that the deeper I dug that there were some there's some very good current players that uh, I don't know kind of got overlooked. Yeah. Right. So usually there's a recency bias, and it seems like there was the opposite. It was the opposite, which case. is you know to Craig's point, it was more of an old school list, I guess. Brad Marshawn. What? Not not on the what list, but. Uh, oh. He has a tendency to accidentally run into the back of yeah, the Yeah, he's, he's got the... Uh, like I said, he told me earlier this season that he's no longer that player, and I believe him. I'm a changed man. He is. He's a changed man. You still believe him? He's a clean guy. Okay. <laughs> it is weird that he, he... It's like he's found this loophole that's not technically a slew foot because it's almost more dangerous. So he gets away with doing it to Cronwall, which I just assume is because everybody doesn't like Cronwall. <laughs> but then he does to Anton Strahlman. I don't think anybody has a problem with Anton Strahlman, and... Both instances, he doesn't get suspended. He comes back and scores two goals in the next game. Yeah, it's... uh, One of the top scorers in the NHL this year. And that's the thing. How do you appreciate in full context what Marchand is in terms of what he's been able to produce this year offensively, the game he plays versus the stuff you can clearly see is should not be allowed? I mean, clearly. Maybe the department... (laughs) The safety department doesn't see it. But I don't know how you watch... I mean, you watch... NHL is better than anybody in any of the leagues with having gifts out there of what's going on. And yeah. How do you look at that and not say, yeah, that, no, that, that's something we want in the game? I'm really asking that question. I don't think yeah. they know how to. You're asking for consistency. I know, I know. Oh, it's boy. way too much to ask for. He is third in the NHL in total points yeah. with 54. And he's got 23 goals. I think that puts him like seventh. Yeah, eighth. Well, seventh. Tied with uh, Matthews and Line. He doesn't have to play this sort of game, which... No, he really doesn't. That's the thing. That, to me, almost makes it worse. Maybe it gets him going. I don't know. Maybe it gets him into the game. I'm going to hurt somebody. It gets him into the following game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it works. It's a delayed effect. It's, it's just... If it was some guy that was playing dirty just to salvage a career and stay on a team, I, not like that would make it good, but you could at least look at it. It was kind of like when during the steroid era in baseball where there was the guys that were taking steroids just to keep a job. It didn't make it right, but you at least kind of understood the thought process, whereas if Barry Bonds was taking steroids, you're already the best player in the world, so what are you doing? Brad Marchand doesn't need to make plays like this because he's... We legitimately would be talking about him as having one of the best seasons in the NHL this year, and now everybody's just disgusted by him. Yeah, there's always going to be the yeah, but with the season he's going to have. It's going to be yeah, yeah, but remember this, 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 and this. As we all shrug. <laughs> Craig just seems disgusted. <laughs> uh, Olympics. Any anything you want to touch on here? Well, it was only a ten second conversation. I mean, oh, okay. to say, right? Yeah. All right. So then we'll see. For the league, so. I have full faith the NHL will screw this up. I don't. I, I think they'll be there. Do you? I think they'll be there. I have long thought that the World Cup was put in place so that they wouldn't I have a, to do I, a small back, but it, it's important to the players. It's really I, important. I hope they are there because the NHL is going to be very, very embarrassed if they're not. Because a good chunk of their players 
especially the good ones that can do it, will go. The yeah. mid-level guys that, that they're afraid their contracts will get voided won't go. You're not going to tell Ovechkin he can't go. No. And he's, yeah. he's, he's Void his contract, Twitter. I dare you. He, he said it time and time again. And, and uh, Ted Leonsis, when this all started years ago, was in full support of him going. I mean, he knows that's his he's best smart. Player. That's his that that's his that's his meal ticket. Yeah, so he's you're not right. stupid. That contract's not getting voided. And Ovechkin, I think you can safely say Ovechkin will be at the Olympics uh, in two years or whenever it is. But I don't know about the rest of the players. We'll see. You guys okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of short answers here, uh, and I'm running out of topics. <laughs> so is there anything else you well, want to hit on? Yeah, the Blackhawks are in town, and I, I I wondered what you guys thought about Stan Bowman's comments that. They're probably not going to make a big deal this year. Yeah, I'll believe when I see it. past years where the Hawks have been pretty active at the trade deadline. You know, the, the, there were those rumors out there that they were after Tatar and Nyquist since Detroit has fallen to the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And James, Shocking. Jamie's smiling over there. <laughs> Shocking. Streak is over. It's probably the best thing for that franchise, too. You know, it's... <sighs> All the Blackhawks beat writers are in town today because they're playing the Coyotes tonight. And I asked them, and because the weather's everybody great. immediately said, nope, don't believe them. On the other hand, you look at their cap situation, since they just called, recalled Gustav Forsling from Rockford, they've got like 1.7-something available at the deadline in cap space. They really don't have a heck of a lot of options. Maybe they just they get a minor player for, for depth, but really this team is crying out for somebody to play with Jonathan Taves. And I just don't see him getting it. So I, I, I'm almost inclined to believe him this year unless you can find a sucker out there to take yeah. <laughs> Brent Seabrook's contract. Right yeah. uh, oh, you mean Nick Schmaltz and Richard Panic are not first-liners? You see how they're juggling that line. It's, it's like tr- different line mates all the time. Uh, which is the other reason why when Taves has taken this, I'm not saying he's taking a lot, but he's taken some flack the last season and a half. Yep. They're not watching who he's playing with. People are not watching the... the uh, how's it? The mediocre talent that he is playing. It's absolutely true. That was hold on. Since we're on the Blackhawks, that was another name I had. Marion Hosa. Consideration for a top hundred of all time. I'm just throwing it out. He's there. a conversation. Um, I go back to talking and I'll find okay. it again. But he's yeah, he's over eleven hundred. You over say something, then I'll say something. Yeah, that's how it works. Eleven hundred nineteen points. I actually wrote it down. Which is separately. what all time. Uh, all time. I just Jeez. have current points list. Anything else here? Sorry, Let me get his address cool. real quick and his okay. phone number. We can just call him. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just putting that's another name out there that because at a certain point, just right. because he's played for a long time doesn't mean he should just be off the list. Yeah, there's there's the cumulative. How much do you how do you quantify defensive game? You know, yeah, because Gretz, Gretzky played Gretzky played none. Hosa plays a ton. How many cups does he have? Does he has he been there for all three Blackhawks cups? Yeah, all three. Yeah. Names yeah. on the wrong side of both the Detroit yeah, he's been in the cup series. finals five times. Yep, and he played for Atlanta three in a row. Um, anyway, back to Chicago. Yes. They're going to make moves, right? But is if you're just going to make a depth move in your forward group, is that is that really going to do anything for you? Uh, well, I, 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 this team has such issues already. You look at their possession numbers; they're they're in the middle of the pack in the yeah. NHL. They're nowhere close to what they're cut because they have teams. they have one really really good line. Yeah, and. And Jonathan Taves looking around like, okay, who's with me today? Yeah. Some days it's Marion Hosa, and yeah, that can work, but we, we've got nothing on the other side. And I mean, we, we used to talk Some about how that. we used to talk about the the schlubs Crosby had to carry years back. But at least a lot of times he had a right winger, or, some, or whether it was uh, you know Dupuis or Kunitz or Garin that had 
was a legitimate top six forward. Now it's Matt Cullen, but go ahead. <laughs> but, I mean, what Taves had to work with the last couple of years, I think people have this, like, their imagination that this is the NHL video game and that it's like Taves is playing with Hosa and Kane every night. And it just never happens that way. But Taves has been more productive lately, though. He has, actually. He has been. Um, but still with nothing around him. No, I mean, are people really... I understand what Craig's saying in terms of you, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you need to put talent around him. But are people really that upset with the season he's had? I guess he... I not not upset, but I'm talking about in the last year and a half. Yeah, there's been a lot more criticism yeah. of Jonathan Taves in his game, and or should he be traded on... Like, because he's not producing enough. And, and when you make... Granted, when you make $10.5 million, yeah. you well, probably should produce. That is different. That's but it the, is different, you know? And, and that's the thing. I, but there's the two so many good facets to his game. And I get all that. I understand all that. But when you make that much money, yeah, you have to produce. You absolutely have to produce when you make 10.5. That line makes $12.2 million, or, and he makes 10.5 of it. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. to defend that. It's just that you have to put him around talent. Yeah. If you want him to be put up elite offensive numbers. If you want try, to, I mean, it's, but, just, it's, it's a reality who they are, yeah. too. I mean, Brandon Saad should be on that left wing right now. And he should be. That would watching him maturing as a player mm-hmm. and it would be an entirely different picture right now but then again when you take a contract that pays you 10.5 million you can't to. keep Brandon Sod on your left side that's now, true you? do you think that you know future players like I'll just use Connor McDavid as the example because he's the next huge contract that's going to come up do you think those guys are going to look at at you know Chicago's situation and maybe 10.5 is the max anybody goes to because what's the deal? You can take 20% of, of the salary cap, right? So guys could hit almost $15 million. It, It's It's going to be interesting. It's a little bit like the, how the NBA, some players will take less. I don't know who's going to be the first one that does that. I don't think it's going to be the person's first big contract that they're going to take less. I think it's the one they re-sign. Not even less, but like $10 million. Maybe is that like the cap that a player is going to be willing to it's take? Gonna, a lot of it's going to depend on the cap, too, right? Yeah, it's where, where the cap is. It's going to be completely flat this year, which is it's just going to be ruin some teams. How did they just spin and see, a wheel to decide and that? And see, that, that's part of the problem, too. The NHL's cap goes, because of their lockouts every 16 minutes, goes down so much more than so any other sport. From Jamie but, 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 yeah, but think about it. Think of it the NBA and the NFL, and yes, they, they've had their own issues, but their caps typically steadily rise yes. over time. And there's at least some consistency to it. The, the frequency of the lockouts have really screwed things up because every contract signed like, within two or three years of an actual lockout completely messes teams up because the, the number was here and then it goes, whoo, drops back down. And then it takes years to climb back up again. And you're dealing with the exchange rate between the Canadian dollar and the U.S. dollar yeah, a lot more. that's a big part yeah. of the Canadian dollar still weak. So that's factoring into it as well. And then if you, you know, if the PA decides that they don't want to do that, you know, trigger that yeah. automatic increase with them. They're probably not because the escrow issue is such a big issue with them. You could have a flat cap this year. And boy, is that going to affect a lot of teams. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go back to Chicago before we get uh, Paul Bissonnette on the phone. Mm-hmm. Who's the last big trade deadline acquisition in your mind for them? Like, what, what are you considering big? Well, I mean, they got Andrew Ladd last year. Okay. So you're, you're taking this news today as it won't be anybody. Oh, it's going to be somebody lower than Andrew Ladd. Basically. Yeah, it sounds like it. But like what he's saying, Antoine Vermette two years ago, and I know he wasn't super productive when he got there, but he also scored a couple huge goals in the playoffs. Is that about the level you would expect this year, or maybe even still lower? Yeah, I mean, I would think it's going to be a bottom six forward, from what Stan has said. If you if you to take him as at his word, now maybe they still go out and get a left wing to play with Jonathan Taves. Again, I don't know how they do it. You have to get very creative with the cap to make it work this year. You've got to move somebody off, and who are you going to move off? 
Take a look at their take a look at their roster. Take a look at their cap situation. They, they need to get rid of Seabrook. Well, I know yeah. that they can't, but that's look, yeah, he's signed until the next millennium. Because even though they are it's not like they're overpaying players, but they just have so much money tied up in stars. You know, yeah. yeah. But I mean at the same time, like Marion Hosa's making five point two. Well, he's producing. Yep. Uh Isimov, four point five, he's producing. Marcus Kruger's three million. But then everybody else is below a million up front other than Taves and Kane because they're making twenty one million. Uh-huh. I just I have to feel like they're gonna get somebody, but you're right. It's not gonna be a, a prototypical first line player. Maybe it's somebody that allows them to play Hosa with Taves more. I don't know. I don't know. They I mean, in an ideal world, they would like to play Marion Hosa on the third line with Marcus Kruger. That's that's what Q would like to do. It's but a great third line. Can I go with Q? I don't really know Q. Him, but it's what everybody calls it. You know as well as B. It's not like we think really don't about actually, uh, Sorry. Who else's name starts with a Q? So yeah, you can go True. Okay. Yeah. Makes me feel better. Thanks. Yeah. That's why I'm here, Craig. That's why I stand on this side of the room with you. And we stare Jamie down on the other side of the room. Uh, anybody going to take Brent Seabrook's contract? I can't imagine they would. Would you? No. no. It's not... The only way I would take Brent Seabrook's contract is if it wasn't as long as it was. Exactly. It's at that just point, crazy how long he signed. That's I mean, the he's one. A, he's a right D, so there's some value there, but oof, that, that length, that, that term is just crazy. I know there's teams that need a right D, but he has signed forever, and he's signed for close to $7 million forever. Yeah. And if you're a team in the Western Conference, if you more than Duncan Keith. Now, yeah, Duncan Keith signed a, a great deal way back when. Where would the Blackhawks be if... Duncan Keith weren't on an incredible bargain price contract. You wouldn't yeah. have Kruger at this point, right? That's the next guy to go. He's yeah. probably going to go this year, the expansion draft. Well, Then the Blackhawks will never kill a penalty ever again. That's true. <laughs> or you wouldn't have Corey Crawford. It would be one of the two. All right. Are we going to talk to uh, Mr. Bissonette here? Yeah. All right, and we are joined by former Coyote great, current member of the Ontario Reign, Paul Bissonette. Paul, thanks for joining us. <laughs> What's up, boys? Always, always good to have you on the show, Biz. Appreciate yeah, you joining no, us today. Pleasure. Yeah, so, we always keep in touch. I, I, I'm always liking and uh, retweeting your, your Shane Doan articles. It's just the Shane Doan articles, huh? Nothing else? <laughs> well, I, a, little, a little bit of the other stuff, but you know, I'm, I'm a big Shane Doan fan. So yeah. Specifically that stuff. Yeah, he's he's got a big fan club here, as you know. So oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm going to start by asking. What you did on your little all-star break here, <laughs> how was it just to get some downtime and some rest? Well, it's been aw- Well, it was awesome. I was with my girlfriend who uh, is, actually lives in Cave Creek, so I spent some time up there relaxing. And, uh, you know, it, it's great. I always love coming back, and I, I spend some of my summer there as, as well as Vancouver. And, uh, you know, once I retire, you know, I could definitely see it being a type of place I, I settle down in. You have... Uh... Played in a few cities in your career. I, I was looking at this list, and, I, and I'm obviously not including anything that you did in your youth years, but North Bay, Saginaw, Wheeling, West Virginia, Wilkes-Barre, yeah. Pittsburgh, Phoenix, Cardiff, Wales, Manchester, yeah. New Hampshire, and now Ontario. Uh, do you ever look back on that path and say, holy crap, I've been in a lot of places? Oh, yeah, including including like my couple last years of juniors when I, I was fortunate enough to play for Team Canada uh, for the under-18 World Championships. Like, we went over to Russia uh, for the there, – there's actually two tournaments under-18, and we were over in uh, Czech Republic for the other one, and it's, it's just been crazy. I mean, even with the Coyotes, uh, we went over to Prague to start the year. 
the one year when I yeah. was at the Pittsburghs my uh, my full uh, my first season in the NHL. We started in Stockholm, Sweden. So it just yeah, looking back on my entire hockey career, I'm very fortunate for the different places it's it's brought me and uh, um, some of the places I've gotten to live longer than others. You know, it's it's been great. Why do you say that? Does it just give you perspective? Does it just give you a change of pace? Yeah, I mean, I, well, one, I think it helps you appreciate, you know, like what you have at home too, right? Is, you know, some of the places that you go, it's just like, wow, like this is, you know, this is the way most of these people live. Like I, when I was in Yaroslav, Russia, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the nicest, you know, and there was a lot of people who were, you know, probably struggling. And it, yeah, just it helps you appreciate it. Um, it, it's nice to see different cultures. It, it, I mean, you're meeting so many different personalities from from all over the globe too. And you know, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's been a pretty cool ride. And you know, obviously, I'm on the, on the, the end of it pretty soon here. And uh, I'm very fortunate where the games brought me. Yeah, you and I talked about that recently about what the road ahead looks like. Um, and I, I don't know how much time you imagine you have left at this level. And I also wanted to ask. Did you ever consider going back and, and playing in Europe again? Maybe not necessarily in England, but have you ever thought about that again? Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a crossroads here where, you know, is it worth, worth it to me to kind of start the second chapter as far as, like, the media stuff and, and get that going as opposed to, you know, what it would be worth to, you know, keep playing. One, I don't think I play over in Europe other than, like, say, Cardiff. Um, but financially that wouldn't make sense because my game my style of game fits more over here and and also like i said is it worth it to you know end it now and start that part of my career where i can move up uh, you know quicker than i can here because i'm on the downturn so i mean i i I mean as far as length as i'm going to play you know maybe one more year but it's it's just getting harder to keep up with these young guys and, and how skilled and fast they are is, is it the speed of the game that catches you the most? Because, you know, Craig and I talk all the time on this podcast about how fast the game is moving. Is that one of the reasons you're saying, you know, maybe I only have got, you know, one or two seasons left? Yeah, I mean, and just overall, like how, you know, your body kind of breaks down as an athlete. And over the past, you know, few years, it's uh, I've noticed it a lot more as far as, like, my recovery is not as good. And, and you know, if I get off my, my diet, you know, which is, it's, I guess you'd say it's fairly strict. I eat pretty healthy. If I get off it, I notice that more. So, but, and on the other end of it is these kids coming up, you know, they all have power skating coaches at a young age. They all have skill coaches. Uh, you know, the, 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 the training as far as how detailed it is compared to it was to when I was starting out, like, you know, just, just the proper way to do things. You know, back then it was just more throwing weights around and, you know, how strong were you, where now it's more about, you know, hip mobility and, and, and strengthening the right areas, and it, it just—it's it, like so much down to a science now. And I, I don't think the trainers get enough credit for how much they've advanced the game. I'd say over the last 15 years. Mm. With aside from that, aside from the young athletes coming up that are just benefiting from so much increase in sports science, uh, just advancement in sports science. What do you see as the biggest differences between the A and the NHL? Well, I mean. You know, with the rules in place that they have now, and and the way teams are doing it, is is uh, I think when I broke in, I found that the average age was a little bit older. So you know, it was I guess it was um, I guess you, there was just more vets. It was like it was a tougher league. They had like you know the, the fourth lines consisted of a few meatballs, and <laughs> you know you were taking spots away from like 
let's say, a younger guy who could have cracked the roster. Now he's kind of rotting in the East Coast League. And but now where it's kind of it's kind of changed to where you know you get like w- way more speed and skill, and I guess like I said, just even those one or two spots, you're, you're potentially developing someone who can turn into an offensive player or, you know, some something in, in the NHL, whether it's a checker or, or someone that's uh, of use. So, but just overall, I find that the, the the game is here is is a little bit younger and maybe a little bit sloppier, but the overall skill level is probably a little better. For those who don't get a chance to watch you on Ontario, what is your role on that team? What do you what do you bring, and what do the coaches want you to bring to those young guys? Well, I mean, here we have a great veteran group. Like the like the core group's pretty pretty awesome. As far as uh, back when I started out, there was definitely like a respect that the rookies had to have for the vets, and there I wouldn't say there was bullying going on, but it's just like um, you know the way it used to be where. You know, like uh, you know, grab my towel or you know, do this, and, and you know, you, you know, you can't go to the bathroom at the back of the bus. Like, do it in a Gatorade bottle, like just like little silly things. <laughs> whereas, whereas, like now, it's like we're not like that. We like, uh, if anything, I embrace the rookies. Like, I want to hear their stories of like when they went out and, and what, what crazy business they got into, like I did when I was that age. So, um, I mean, as far as you know, me tell maybe telling stories and, and helping out the young guys and making them feel comfortable. Still fighting. Like we, we have a pretty old school coach, and he, he likes the toughness side. And it, it seems as though our division is probably the uh, probably the toughest, where where they get the most meat. I would say to, in uh, in in the, all of the league. So it's just you know that's my role. The same it was with Phoenix. Maybe a little bit more ice time though. What do the amenities look like uh, in the A versus the NHL? I don't know what travel looks like for you guys. All, all the things that you got used to at this level. How different is it down there? Well, see, I've been very fortunate. The only two places I've ever played in the American League were with uh, LA's, uh, LA Kings organization and uh, in Wilkes-Barre, which is Pittsburgh. Both teams have very good budgets as far as, as, as how they spend it. LA being insanely, like, we get treated like gold here. Like, I've, ne- I've never heard or seen an AHL setup like ours as, as far as the rink's concerned, as far as, like, you know, the supplements that they supply for us. Um, we have a team masseuse down here, which is like, like looking back, it's like it's, it's crazy to think about. We have uh, two two trainers. We have like a head trainer, assistant trainer. We have two equipment guys. Any any gear you want, they'll get it for you. Um, instead of busing most places because of, we're in California and a lot of them are like six seven hour bus rides, they fly us most places. Yeah. Um, Last year when we were in the conference finals against Lake Erie, they got a, a private plane for us to travel there. So they, they supply breakfast and lunch for us at the arena. So the list goes on here. I, I couldn't be in a better place in the American League. I was going to say, life sounds really good in Ontario. It, 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 it's, it's crazy. Like they, They're firm believers on the, what, you, um, what you put into it financially and, and, I guess, educationally because they do have a huge uh, – development crew here they have about you know seven guys that come down once a month and you know they have a skill coach a power skating guy they have an off-ice confidence coach like they they're they the way they run their their business is you know second to none and, and we've we've repaid them as far as the way we've played here we won the calder cup uh two years ago last year we went to the conference finals and lost um this year our you know we're in first as we speak in our division and our our coach has been in the All Star game the last three years, so we've you know they've done a good job, and it's it's been good. 
Do you think that's going to start becoming a trend for other AHL teams? You look at the sports world now, and fans and media are all looking at prospects and guys who's next to come up. Organizations are doing it as well, and kind of the things that you were saying of what you you get out what you put in. Do you think this is going to be the new normal where the, the days of riding the bus and $1 hot dogs and that kind of stuff is, is all in the past? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't see why not. Uh, I, I mean, some teams don't make uh, enough. Like, I know, you know, Phoenix isn't necessarily making a, a lot of money every year. If, if not, they're probably losing. Whereas maybe, you know, when, once they get all these prospects going and, and, you know, they start becoming a winning NHL franchise and the money starts coming in, yeah, it, it helps that way. But, well, one, I'll say this. I think they've taken some great steps. I know that they got the, uh, Sullivan on board there who's going back and forth and helping the young guys out and who's, I mean, he's, he's a guy who played a thousand games. And so I, I wouldn't see a reason why you wouldn't spend, let's say an extra million dollars on your American league team total each year, which I mean, I mean, that sounds like a lot to maybe people listening, but it's really not when you're, you, you know, you have a $70,000 salary cap, right? So it's just like, why, why wouldn't you get, especially in today's game, the benefit of developing guy, maybe a little bit earlier or him not being a bust and providing your NHL team with a good player at a low cap hit, and, you know, all of a sudden you, you got winning products for cheap, all because you spent an extra, you know, 20, 30 grand a guy developing them in the minors. Uh, you know, interesting question that uh, Craig's brought up in the past, and now you're playing in the AHL. How do you feel about the, the age limit rule? Do you think players, there should be some agreement where players coming right out of the draft can go to the AHL, or is there value in being at least 20 uh, for the players that play in the juniors? to be allowed to go down um to, to protect their health I, I could see why people would argue let let them be 20 years old and then they can come i think that's the type of thing that should be handled case to case where you know if you've got a guy like uh you know uh let's say mitch marner because i believe he could have uh like he had to go back to junior last year but because he didn't make the maple Leafs, but he was clearly good enough to play in the american was that was that the case yeah, and it's kind of like with the Coyotes now. Yeah, with like Dylan, Dylan Strong yeah. would be the example where they're almost for not quite good enough to make the main roster, but probably better than the junior team. Right, exactly. Where it's like, okay, is it you know, is it uh, a good thing for this guy go down to junior, you know, get 150 points and just absolutely dominate? Whereas in, in Mitch Marner's case, it, it, it did help him where he went and it, you know he probably expanded his creativity and helped his playmaking ability. Whereas Maybe you're sending a guy a guy down with the same type of caliber, and you know because it's so easy and he's bored, he's you know he's gaining bad habits. So that's why I said from case to case it's different. And maybe with Strom, it's a case of him getting stronger, where you know all of a sudden you're putting him against you know 21, 22, 23 year old guys that have been you know have three years of, of training on him. That you know in that case maybe send him back to junior. So th- I don't think there's any right or wrong answer, but I, I definitely think that that should be case to case. Yeah, that's it. it so you you be uh, just basically say leave it open, let the teams decide. Don't have any rule in place that prohibits it. Well, yeah, like let, like take it to a panel of guys who have, uh, have been there, done that. Like you know, they can evaluate his, his size and his strength, and and and, and who knows? Maybe in in uh, in Strom's case, it, it was Phoenix who did want him to go there. Whereas, regardless of what the rule is, you know, but but yeah, like because. Because, like, think about this. Then you also limit yourself. So say you were able to send him to the AHL and he started lighting it up where all he needed was a little confidence. 
maybe on not having having such a great camp, and then he can he can come up in the second half of the season and really help, you know, in any the NHL team win. So, I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. Because I've seen I've seen guys go. I mean, you look at it to our Manchester Monarchs when we went to Calder Cup. There was like three guys. I got there a little later, but there was three guys who said in training camp there's two guys in the team who took such tremendous strides. I, I won't name their name because I don't want to make them feel bad, but basically they were uh, quote-unquote dog poop in camp, and they, and they couldn't even believe they made the American League squad. And one guy ended up having a 30-goal season. It was, it was probably you know just a hair away from being AHL uh, playoff MVP. And another guy who's been a 20-goal scorer for us the last two years. So, mm-hmm. you know, so... That's the, and, and one of the one of the guys who stayed could have been an o, uh, an overager in the OHL. So, you know, all of a sudden it's just like, wow, that's a big swing. You know, maybe he would have went back, and you know, the coach in the and, and the and junior wouldn't have liked him. Whereas he had a coach who liked him, and he excelled like twenty goal season. That's unbelievable. So, how is the Pacific Division of the AHL working out? This whole experiment. Teams have talked about it for so long, and finally you got to this sort of critical mass point where enough teams were on board. And they did. How's the whole thing working out so far? Unbelievable! Like it's uh, the the guy who runs the league. I forget his name. In the AHL, Dave Andrews. Uh, he's a little old school in the sense where I, I, he was not really gung ho with the idea. He didn't want it. Uh, rumor I heard was that the teams that were all wanted to move over were going to say, "All right, well then, see you later. We're going to start our own little league." And then that's when he was like, "Okay, well, like, well, okay, that's not going to happen." So then they moved the team to, to San Jose, uh, San Diego. They got Stockton, Bakersfield, us. And then there's a few other teams in our division. And it's, it's been unbelievable. Like the, the rivalries because, uh, you know, just everyone's so fairly close in California. The NHL teams here have been doing well, too, as of the last probably five, ten years. you got Anaheim, San Jose, and, and L.A., so not only is that rivalry playing into our kind of stuff, but it's, it's growing the game as well in California. Like San Diego, uh, you know, they have some of the craziest uh, fans in the league, and attendance-wise, they do really well. Uh, you know, we, we were in Manchester, and unfortunately, the, you know, it got to be about, I would say we averaged over 1,500 fans our, our last year in Manchester, which, you know, when they first moved there, it was a lot better. But now we're, I think we're averaging 7,000 a game here, and, and they love it. It's, it's, it's an hour and a half from Staples Center, and, you know, they, they can spend a lot less money coming to watch us and watch the next, you know, guys who are going to be in the NHL for that team. So it's, it's nice having that connection. How long did it take you to adjust from being a Coyote to playing in the Kings organization? <laughs> yeah, that was, um, well, I mean, that, that was in a matter of a day because when I signed a PTO um, uh, after my last year with the Phoenix Coyotes, I signed a PTO after not being able to find a job with Portland, who is their AHL team, and things didn't really work out there, I, you know, for various reasons. And I called um, my old coach, Mike Southers, who's in Ontario, the, the that night, and I got a job that night, and I drove an hour and a half to Manchester from Portland, and and the rest is history. So it was, uh, it happened very fast, but it was. Uh, it was a little weird. If it would have been at the NHL level, then it would have been way weirder. Yeah. Is that even a word, weirder? <laughs> it is it now. So. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and it's, I guess you know, you, you've know you been there for, for a few seasons now, so maybe that's that's well in the rearview mirror. But 
How do you look back on your, your time here? I, I, I know many times I've talked to you that you remember it fondly, and those are some good years in your career. Oh, yeah, they were the best. I mean, I got to live my dream in playing in the NHL, which, I mean, for for a guy of my uh, my, my skill and ability, you know, if, if, if we were kind of uh, in today's era where fighting's kind of be weeded out, I wouldn't have gotten to do that. So I'm fortunate for that. And then just, you know, especially the first three years when we, you know, we exceeded expectations, we made the playoffs, played Detroit the first two years, got beat out in the first round. But, you know, it, it kind of created that buzz. And then, the, and then the third year when we went to the conference final, and, you know, we, we kind of turned that organization around. And especially with considering all the things going on off the ice, I mean, it was pretty remarkable. And it was just the group of guys we had was, it was awesome. So it was, it was, I, I'll never forget my time there. Like I said, I might, uh, you know, spend my, uh, most of my year in Arizona once I'm done playing. All right, let's get to the reason we really brought you on here. The tough questions. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> How did the chocolate bar hockey team come along? Why don't you give people just a, a little primer on what this is all about and what what created this idea, where, where it came from. Um, well, I, I always talk about chocolate bars online, and, and, and well, I kind of started, I, I think a few months ago I started, and, and it got a little, a little bit heated because uh, somebody disagreed with what I said, and then it kind of slow it kind of slowly uh, took on a mind of its own, and I was just kind of being silly one day and, and talking about my one of my friends and I said we should make a chocolate bar hockey team and like give them hockey player personalities you know of, of guys that you you see you see and deal with around the room from year to year in, in a hockey dressing room so you know we just kind of um picked chocolate bars and matched them up to what we as we assumed that their personality would be and uh I've been doing some work with this new new site called victory and it just basically does player profiles and, and gets into their personal lives and you know, it talks about the game from a, a player's perspective where maybe fans can gain a more of an appreciation for it. So we just kind of did that, and it kind of took, uh, like I said, took a mind of its own, and it was just a fun thing. And, yeah, I hope, I hope people enjoyed it. <laughs> I, got, I got to ask how you – was it a panel of people that settled on these choices, or was it primarily you who, who decided – You're my who, friend. Yeah, okay. There yeah, had to be some disagreement could... because when I, I mentioned oh, yeah, uh, Almond oh, Joy to you the other day, you agreed with me that – there's no joy yeah. in almond joy. Part of the thing too is we 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 kind of wanted to stir the pot a bit and and get people pissed off, like because <laughs> like Kit, Kit Kat is a fairly decent chocolate bar. I find it to be extremely overrated. So, just when I said that via one tweet, it, I, I saw how many people had upset. So I wanted to make sure to bash it in the player profile, just to kind of you know irk them a little bit more, and it, it worked. Yeah, you have. Kit Kat is your third line left wing, just so people know, get a little context here. Um, yeah, and he's just an underachiever. He's like the first round, you know, pick that didn't pan out. <laughs> Keeps getting chances on different teams, and and you know, everyone, every organization is going to think they're going to be the the guy to change the that player, and he's going to finally come out of his shell, but just never works out. So that's how I feel about Kit Kat bars. <laughs> as as you wrote in the uh, bio, he puts in just enough so work to get by. <laughs> Yeah, it's so stupid, but, like, it's amazing the responses I got and the hate I got because of that. And we're talking about a chocolate bar <laughs> playing a sport. Now, you did have it's, Twix on the third line right wing, and i got to ask you about that. Because in my mind, well, I guess they're similar in many ways, Twix and Kit Kat. But 
I kind of rank Twix a little bit higher than I do a Kit Kat. I, I agree with you. I think Kit Kat's kind of bland. Yeah, there's more to it. Yeah, there's more to it. And anytime you add caramel, I think you're going to gain that extra advantage. Yeah, that's a, that's a boost. Also, are they not the Sedines of the chocolate candy bar? See, I got a lot of Sedine comments. I, I, I didn't want to limit myself to the amount of bars, so I just that's made fair. it one. It would have been. It, it probably would have been wise to do it because it would have got more variety of people, and they would have loved that. But God, I, I, yeah, I guess we could go back and change it. <laughs> you could do this every year. Oh yeah, and, and I love the yeah. idea at Snickers at Second Line Center. You know, because some people look at it and they go, oh, "Maybe that's a first liner," but the trained eye knows that. Okay, that that's your solid, your go-to. That that's your David Krejci bar. You, you know, you don't see him much, but you yes. look, look up at the end of the year. Oh my! Oh wow, he's got sixty points. That's Snickers. Yes, exactly. You nailed it, and like. And, like, the the reason I put Toblerone bar at First Line Center is because, like, not too often does anyone go into a, a, a store and buy a Toblerone. You you often only see them, at, like, around the holidays. So it's, it's, it's rare, you know? And, and when you have it, you're like, wow, this is this is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> see, that's the candy bar I remember eating all across Europe. But I thought, wow, I'd never heard of this before. But this is this is really good. So that was my Joe Thornton. <laughs> there you go. That's that's who I saw that as. Also happy hey, to see every, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups up on, the, on your top D pairing because that's probably my favorite candy bar, so you didn't slide yes, that. Yes, Yeah, I think it's pretty consistent. I, and, and also another, like, peanut, anytime you have peanut butter, it, it just gives you that extra advantage as well. Yeah, just like looking through a few of these, uh, you have uh, three Musketeers on your third defensive pairing as, as your soft guy. I, I don't know, if he might be too soft to make a roster. Yeah, he's he's the he's the guy where you're, he's a fill-in guy. We're still looking for a, a guy to take his spot, but <laughs> wow. you know we 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 we're we we're, we're kind of stuck in some cap problems, so we yeah. had to squeeze him in there. No grit. That's the uh, guy, guy, no guy that would not would not make Tippett's team. Just would not be able you're to be here. No, Three Musketeers like is one of my all-time favorites, so I'm, I'm not liking this. Although oh, I, I get the soft that, I get the soft. That's a bad oh, take. Oh, you got bad taste buds. That's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jamie had a comment about your goalie situation as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, Coffee Crisp. Now, my only issue is it's that, that's more of a, a Canadian candy bar, and the way Canada's right, developed yeah, goalies French, in recent a, years. A French-Canadian goaltender like a Patrick Waugh. Yeah, but in recent years, I mean, Coffee Crisp, I mean, back in the day, Coffee Crisp was really was really solid goaltending. You got a bunch of them. Nowadays, not so much. Yeah. Do you know of any Finnish candy well, bars? He's like, yeah, he, like I said, he's kind of like the Patrick Waugh, maybe like the Marc Andre Fleury, where you know he's just he's gonna he's gonna have a few cups when he's done playing, and uh, he's gonna have a great solid career. He might, you know, he's probably, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Let the debates begin. <laughs> All right, I want to see this every year. I want to see you roll this out every year and have people argue over it. Be like the All Star team. What oh, does man. what does your post hockey career look like? You've talked about media. Where, what do you hope to do with that? Um, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've reached out. I've, I've talked to Rich Nair a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe potentially when I'm done uh, getting a job with the Coyotes, um, you know, coming back there and, you know, maybe doing media for them would be something that I'd, I'd love to do, considering my girlfriend um, is in Arizona and that'd be a type of place where I'd, I'd like to settle down. So, you know, and, and, and from all the friendships and people, that through, even through, you know, media, you guys, you know, everyone was awesome. It'd be a, a great place where I'm comfortable to, uh, you know, to continue the second chapter. And I'm sure Coyotes fans would love it, some combination of Bissonette, and we have Corey Hirsch out here and Tyson Nash. We put, put all those people, yeah. put them all together, just like a, like a hockey think tank. Yeah, you know, you know, kind of create like a family where, you know, you get to pass players and like, 
you know, people people who can maybe relate with the, the you know the people who've been fans since the beginning, and you know, keep those core fans intact, and then you know, and, and grow, you know, away from that. And you know, if the the rink moves to Tempe, you know, get you know get the student rushes going, you know, get the young get the young blood in there, and get them addicted once this team you know turns it around. Oh my god! Or sorry, that team turns around. I'm just imagining you know? you, you and Nash in the same booth. I, I, Matt McConnell <laughs> would never speak, would he? Yeah, oh yeah, I would make sure to at least at first I probably wouldn't say anything. I just be, I might be getting them bagels and in uh, coffee. <laughs> just gotta you gotta pay your dues, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, th- thank you, Paul, so much for joining us. This this was really fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, man, this is awesome. I love chatting with you guys. Biz, always great catching up with you. Stay in touch. We'll talk to you down the road. Sounds good. All right, brother. Bye bye. If you want to follow some of his content, apparently he's doing some work with Victory.com. It's V-I-K-T-R-E.com. Check out some of his work there, including the Chocolate Bar Hockey Team. Once again, I want to thank Paul Bissonette for joining us here. And if you'd like to follow us, uh, please go on Twitter, and it's at the Natty Hattie on Twitter. On iTunes, search for Natural Hattrick, and we're also on FanRagSports.com under the podcast tab. Uh, we do this every week. If you want to yell at Craig about his mic volume, because apparently that's a thing that's been a theme of the show today. It's uh, was it at Craig S. Morgan, right? Uh, I, I, I keep it slips my mind. It slips my it's, mind. You, you, okay, you know how to follow Craig Morgan probably if you're listening to this podcast. So follow him on there. We'll be back next week, and uh, we'll see what happens. You were waiting for me to say it, weren't you? Yeah. You said Natty Hattie. Yeah. Natty Hattie.